welcome back to the Writer's Nook Podcast. I'm Hannah Bauman, editor and writing coach. And I'm Leah Davis, a fantasy and romance writer. And this is the official start of season two of the podcast. We are super excited to be back now that we have moved and just gotten things settled and overcome a lot of technical difficulties. Uh, How about you, Leah? Are you excited to be here? I'm so excited and relieved. I'm currently (laughs) living in the new apartment, but we have like bare minimum. We have like a couch, a bed, a handful of silverware and a couple of plates. It's so nice to be back to a a normal routine again. Yes, I can imagine. I, I like my routine as well. And I am, well, I have not moved at the time of the recording, but by the time this comes out, I will have moved, but currently I'm actually packing up my boxes. So that's super fun. And I got to say, packing up books is like the worst part about moving. Yes, I have two giant rubber bins with wheels. So that way I can just wheel them around. That's smart. We're moving to a third floor apartment. So that probably won't work well for me. (laughs) Probably break the stairs with how heavy those boxes would get. You'd probably break the, the box, let's be honest. Probably break the wheels, yeah, that that would be likely. Well, today we, we're going to do something a little different. I know we usually give out writing advice and kind of go in a more structured format, but Leah and I feel like you guys don't really know us. Um, you know you know that we're editors, that we work with clients on you know developmental stuff, story doctoring, copy editing, all that good stuff, but you don't really know who we are. And I feel like if we're going to hang out and talk about writing, then you should at least know a little bit more about us. Get ready, because we're going to fly all the nerd flags today. Yes, Leah and I are both big nerds. um, So we'll be sharing a little bit more of that. And I think let's, let's start off with what we actually like to do outside of writing. So Leah, I have to ask... What is your favorite anime, like your top three favorite animes? All right. So you already know the first one. I'm currently watching it again because I'm so bored in this new house. It is going to be Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. You got to make sure it's Brotherhood, not the regular one. Yes, definitely agree with that one. I think next step would have to be Noragami. It's about ancient Japanese gods in modern Japan and there's a bit oh that's cool yes there's lots of action and a little bit of like a forbidden romance element which I'm all about give me your immortal boyfriends any day yes me too number three I think you and I agree on again it has the best character arcs my hero academia Yes, that is such a good one. Um, And for those of you who don't watch anime, we both really like it, not only because it's entertaining and fun, like anything that we watch on TV or whatever, but they have really good stories and really good character development and world building that speaks to both of us as writers. We've talked about this a lot before. Anime comes from Japanese mangas, which is basically a written story form. And because they're just as long as book series, you get this very great in-depth character arcs and story plots 
and they come together so well in anime, even if you only have like a 10 episode series, they're great to study as a writer. Yeah, I learned a lot from um, watching both My Hero Academia and um, Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood about character arcs um, and world building too with my, uh, no, excuse me, with Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. And one of my other favorites is actually um, Avatar The Last Airbender. I know that's American made and from like an American studio, but it kind of follows the same like story patterns, I feel like. And that is a really good one if you're looking for something new to watch. So yeah, I feel like we should do a whole episode on storytelling and anime and why it's important for writers to to take a look. That would be super fun. Yes, it's just, there's so many aspects of it that are great for studying, and it's just a good pastime. Um, One of my favorite book series is heavily inspired by anime, and it has so many little anime Easter eggs that every time I go to the author, she's like, yes, I'm so glad you found that. (laughs) That's amazing. Who is that? Um, It is the Ignite the Stars by Maura Milan. Oh, yeah, that's on my to-be-read list. Please, please, please read it. It is so super relevant to the world that we're living in right now. Okay. I adore it. That'll have to jump up to the top of my list. Yes. So, yeah, everyone, it sounds like we have just agreed on a podcast topic for season two, so keep keep an eye out for that. I can't wait. Me too. Hannah, my question for you, since I know I heard one fall over earlier... You have crystals on your desk. Which crystals do you have and why do you keep them there? I do. Um, So I don't really talk about spirituality a lot because I'm kind of ambiguous on it. But I really like crystals because they provide really relevant reminders to different aspects of my life. Um, I have a jade crystal on my desk because it is good for business vibes and business energy. Um, And whenever I see it or pick it up, it just reminds me, you know, what I need to focus on as an editor and why I want to serve my clients. Then I also have a quartz crystal because those are really good for reminding me to let the negativity out and think more about, you know, different positive things going on in my life and practicing mindfulness and, you know, gratitude. And then I also have this like kind of orangish pinkish stone that I don't know what it's called and I don't know what it's supposed to remind me about, but I really like it because it has a spot on it that looks like the storm on Jupiter. And I am a huge like science and astronomy nerd. I even thought about being an astrophysicist at one point, uh, but I hate math. So that's just, yeah. Right. But that, so that's just kind of a fun reminder of something else that I like. So those are the three on my desk right now, but I also have some others. Please send me a picture of it when you have a chance. I just want to know what it looks like. Yeah, I'll I'll post a picture on Twitter. Awesome. And then I know you also keep some crystals, Leah. I feel like everyone has them. Oh, I don't have them on me right now. They're at the other apartment, but I miss them so much. So I have normally um, this kind of chalky white crystalline one called Sodalite. That's cool. No, it's not Sodalite. It's Selenite. And it, oh, I know selenite. Yeah, it's supposedly really good for clearing out negative energies. So when I'm having a really rough morning, I just hold it really tight and wish it to take me away. 
Hey, whatever it takes, whatever helps. I also have uh, Rose Quartz, which is a really good love stone. And I like to think of it as my self-love stone because I don't, not every day is great. And that goes for everybody. Having a little bit of self-love at my desk can really help. I love that idea. That's so nice. So Hannah, when you're not at your desk. Yes. What do you like to do? So when I'm not at my desk, uh, whether that is writing or editing or playing video games, what I really like is tennis. And I have been playing tennis since I was about four years old. And my parents even have pictures of me like at tennis lessons by the net. And I was shorter than the tennis net, which is super cute. Um, So I've been playing that for 20 plus years now. And yeah, that's probably my favorite thing to do outside of my more bookish interests and it always has been and my fiance and I are even thinking about finally signing up for a mixed doubles league which we'll see how that goes um which is like that's how you met yes we met playing tennis but we have not really played competitively in in a long time so (laughs) we don't know how that'll go I'll keep you guys posted if I end up playing more competitive tennis even just for fun Um, Because to me, it's always about having fun, not about competition. I'm excited to see where that goes. I know that sock can be very competitive, and then you have a bit of a competitive streak as well. I can. Leah has seen it when we play Overwatch together. Um, Depends on the day. (laughs) Oh, girl, wait Um, until I get you playing Destiny with me. We're going to have some fun. Yes. Speaking of video games, what are your favorite video games, Leah? Uh, so I really did enjoy Breath of the Wild, the new Zelda game, until I got to yes. the first dungeon and then realized I wasn't <laughs> smart enough to get through it. Yeah, I did not like the dungeons, but the art in that game is amazing. Yes. And the ability to, like, make food was really fun for me. <laughs> of course. Of course. The game that I play the most right now and has inspired me for my next current story is Destiny 2. It's space fantasy, basically. There's titans, which are basically like paladins. There's warlocks. There's different elemental classes. It's just, it's space fantasy, and I freaking love it. Yeah, that's fun. The best of both worlds. Yes. Yeah, that's on my to-be-played list. Right now, uh, both my fiancé and I are playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, which I really like for the story. I know he likes it because he gets to kill mercenaries. Um, but I like the not only the mix of history, but this kind of alternate universe in the Assassin's Creed series that has to do with like conspiracy theories and magic. And this one even brings like this crazy blood cult into it. And it's all kinds of fun stuff and really good inspiration as a fantasy writer, I have to say. That's great. Cults are always really fun to play with like believers in wacky and wild things and the things that they'll go to and do for those beliefs really yeah i feel like that's another topic we could talk about this season is storytelling and video games oh please yes so many of our interests feed into our other interests what what can i say we like stories yeah that we do i guess that's good as writers huh yes And then you mentioned that you really liked being able to cook things in uh, Breath of the Wild. Why is that? 
I think we all know that aside from writing, the only other thing I think about is food. I adore cooking and I love eating. I like going to new restaurants. I like trying new recipes. Um, one of my new things lately is trying baking recipes that I've always thought impossible to do at home, or at least intimidating to do at home. Like what? Oh, uh, cream puffs and eclairs. Ooh, fancy. Yes, they're labor intensive, and I've yet to bake them right. But do they taste good at least? Oh, they taste delicious. Ah, that's what really matters at the end of the day. And then you also mentioned that the space fantasy aspects of Destiny 2 have kind of informed your latest work in progress. What? Let, how about we talk about what we're working on? So uh, I am currently in between projects, but I'm trying to dedicate more of my attention to my space fantasy, which involves a manipulative noble, a uh, space pirate queen, and their thieving girlfriend who has lied to them both. Wow, that's that's some drama. Oh, it's so dramatic. As um, the fiancé and the girlfriend chase this thief who stole something from the king's coffers across space, they figure out what exactly it does and why they need to get it back from her. Ooh, I can't wait to read that. That's exciting. I'm enjoying it. I'm currently rereading everything I wrote in April for NaNoWriMo and kind of reacquainting myself with the story and my characters. So, Hannah, I think, whereas I'm inspired by uh, one of my favorite video games, I know you were heavily inspired by one of your favorite animes for, the, for your whip. Yes, I was. Um, so, as I mentioned, I love Avatar The Last Airbender, mostly, mostly for the story of the characters, but I've also always found um, that kind of elemental magic really interesting because it's... I see it in fantasy for sure, but I feel like it's just not necessarily explored as much as I would like it to be. And as they say, if you can't find it to read, then why don't you write it yourself? So my current work in progress, I'm calling my Celestial Witch Project because the main character, although there are four elements of you know, air, water, earth, and fire, she has a magic that's kind of based on the, like, the moon and the stars. Um, I won't tell you how that works. Not because I haven't figured it out yet, but because <laughs> I'm not spoiling it. Um, but basically her magic is um, banned by this evil like emperor guy. And he tries to you know wipe out or capture all the people with this. And so there's a lot of subterfuge and like spying and um, you know a lot of fun stuff and yeah, it's really cool. I really am enjoying it so far. It's fun to write. Um, and it is actually, it is not based in space, but it is actually based in a world that has like 19 teens and 20s technology, very like Gilded Age, a lot of, you know, coffee culture, food culture, just kind of this extravagance that goes along with the world that this girl has to fight against. I have a feeling I'm going to want to crawl into this world and like just set up camp at one of your little cafes. 
Probably, because there are a lot of very good cinnamon pastries, and I know you like those. I'm a sucker for a good cinnamon roll, both (laughs) men and pastries. Me too. So, I know that I personally have been struggling with point of view in my novel. What... How have you set yours up and what what was your reasoning behind that? So I rather dislike third person point of view and I will really? try to find any reason I can have not to write it. Interesting. I really like getting into personal emotions and personal Uh, motives. I'm very character driven. So writing in first person point of view for me is writing the story that I want to read. And for this one, I chose to do two point of views, which means I really need to get my voices distinct if I'm going to write in first person. Yeah, I can imagine that's tricky because I had started mine in first person two point of views for the same reason that Um, I was finding it too difficult and I kept slipping back into one voice when I needed the other. So I am currently revising to be in third person. The two POVs definitely offer very different things. I know you mentioned once having some scenes that are happening outside of your characters as well, right? Um, So they're not necessarily outside of my characters, but I'm playing... Well, so why I like having multiple points of view in a story, whether as a reader or a writer, is because one point of view really limits like what you can see, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because there are some things that readers shouldn't see if you want to, you know, surprise them as surprises also come in real life. But what I like about writing in multiple point of views is you can show different things and pick and choose these really crucial scenes that readers might need to see to kind of put the puzzle pieces together um so right now i have two point of views but i'm considering adding a third maybe a fourth because my core like group of main characters there are four of them so it it, it would fit um it, it's just a decision that i have to make about whether it's actually important or not that they're in there too i'm definitely getting some uh witchland vibes out of this Yes, I am a big fan of Susan Dennard's Witchland series and then also of um, Leigh Bardugo's Six of Crows um, duology. Um, And those are really good examples if you write, no matter what you write, but if you want to write multiple point of views to see how an author can strategically show different scenes to show different parts of a plot and also how to have have your own voice as an author, but still give your characters very distinct voices chapter by chapter. It's it's a really cool exercise, but it is um, it definitely is tricky. And having certain scenes show up through certain characters' POVs, whether it be first person or third person, can really shade an event. Yes. Because their reaction isn't going to be the same as another character's reaction and choosing which POV to present that event in can be really detrimental to whatever it is that you're writing. Yes. So I'll use an example from my story, actually. So the main, main character who has that moon magic that I talked about. So she is best friends with the emperor's daughter and 
one of his sons. Um, well, that's her love interest, but that's, you know, that's a different story. <laughs> um, and there's a scene where, and so the emperor doesn't know, doesn't know in air quotes that she has this power. Right. And her uncle works for him and everything. It's like, she's very entrenched in this court, not by choice. And the emperor, because he's up to no good, basically says, you're joining my court on an official capacity. Like, you know, you work for me now. And I show it from her point of view, even though her friend is there, his daughter, because it obviously impacts his character. He has this huge secret a lot more than it does his daughter who is oblivious to everything. Like it wouldn't have an impact if it was from her point of view. It would be like, oh, okay, my friend has a job working for my dad. That's cool. <laughs> whereas for, right. Whereas for the other, the main character who has the secret, it, it is a big conflict. It's really a threat to her life. So it carries a lot more emotional weight to see it in her, from her eyes than someone else's. I hope that was clear. Oh, it was. I got it. Yeah. So, so the trick is, I think what we're, what we're trying to say is when you write from multiple points of view, yes, you have the flexibility to show different scenes from different angles, but then you also have to figure out which angle is going to be the most impactful and why. Oh, and don't be afraid to write it from one point of view and then realize that might not be the right one exploring your story through as many venues as possible will only help you improve as a writer. Yes, I do that a lot. There are scenes where I could write from two different ones and I don't know necessarily which one's going to be better. So I write it from both. And I feel like, you know, maybe to some people that's inefficient, but every word that you write and every scene that you write, even if you don't use it, teaches you something, whether it's about your story or your process. So to me, it's not wasted time at all. Writing can seem really inefficient on the outside. It can. I think it's inherently inefficient. <laughs> Creativity <laughs> doesn't have to be efficient. It's it's not a computer, you know, trying to use up as little electricity as possible. It's it's something that you really have to dive into. Mm-hmm. Hannah, what path of publication do you plan on taking with this work in progress? That is a great question. Um, so I work with mostly as an as an editor and as a writing coach, mostly with um, authors who are self-publishing in some capacity. They choose the indie route for a variety of reasons. And I'm a little undecided which way I want to go because, you know, there are pros and cons to both. I've even thought about doing more of like a social sharing, like on Wattpad or something. Um, I have yet to figure it out, but I think I'm leaning towards either social sharing or indie as my, as my path because I just... When it's finally done, I want to get it out there. I don't really want to wait. So that's my thing. Uh, traditional publishing can take years. Yeah, it doesn't matter how skilled you are. It's it's just, it, it moves slow. Whereas I want, well, I want to get my stuff out there. I, I really want it to... to I want to jump through the hoops and get that. I don't know how to explain it. It's more of a life marker to me that I've accomplished getting a contract. Yeah, that makes sense. I think too, there's, you know, 
it's publishing is changing so much still and we're still kind of in this like weird paradigm shift of like the different avenues and I think to a lot of people it's still important to have that that marker and I think too it helps that you don't have to do everything yourself then oh yes because I have dipped my toes into the self-publishing waters and it is intense over there holy shit it is intense yeah I think it's intense enough when you're doing traditional publishing and then just like crank that up a little more when you're self-publishing I like to do everything myself because Hannah's I don't a perfectionist. Know. Uh, not even that I'm a perfectionist. I just like control. <laughs> um, so, you know, to me that works out. Yeah, there's there's so many different ways to do it now. We'll see what happens. Who knows what the future holds? Who knows what will happen when we finally get these done? <laughs> yes, the project I've been talking about on social media for almost a year now. When that finally comes to fruition. (laughs) They take a while. They really do. They do. They definitely do. And I think what's really important is that besides us blabbering on about ourselves and our process, what people take away from this is you shouldn't have to write by yourself. Writing doesn't really have to be a solitary act in the 21st century. And whether you have questions or you're struggling or you just really want to like talk to someone about what's happening in your book, reach out on social media. You know, you can find Leah and I, just tweet about it, whatever. Find a community of people who will lift you up and support you and help you through those tough times to get you to the finishing line and so you can celebrate. I know it can feel solitary sitting down by yourself, but there's so many avenues now. Like she said, you can reach out to us on our Twitter account, on our Instagram account, and our email and we'll be happy to join in. We want to cheer you along. That's why we're here. Yeah, that's literally why we had this podcast in the first place. Iggy. <laughs> um, yeah, so any questions you guys might have, any concerns, anything you want us to cover, we are here for it. We are back with season two. And we're just really looking forward to talking to you guys more and offering more of our insight into writing and publishing. All right. We will see you guys in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Thanks to purpleplanetmusic.com at www purple-planet.com for our intro and outro music.